0: get there. All right. So uh, today's ti- sermon is entitled Enjoying God More, and I, I have to say that I was I was going to entitle this one Don't Check Out, um, you know, to say like, hey, come on, stay, in it, stay with it, stay in it, but I felt like that was a little bit negative. I felt like that was a little bit like not uh, from a place of joy and gratitude, and I just feel like that's something that God is speaking to me about personally, that as we minister and as we do church and as we pursue God together, that really the only good ministry is the ministry that comes from a place of gratitude and joy that fear and anxiety don 't produce the kind of evangelism that we want to see, the kind of fruit that we want to see and the kind of transformation that we want to see in fact, fear and anxiety are not works of the spirit uh, but joy is, and love is and And I think that it's from that place that hopefully God just wants to invite us to kind of reconsider and and kind of back into that place of of joy and gratitude this morning um, as we move forward. You'll recall that earlier in June we celebrated Pentecost, right? And that's the the coming of the Holy Spirit, the birth of the church. Uh, And and, and so that happened uh, with, with, with a powerful demonstration of the Spirit's power. And then uh, we, we, read about, we read last week, actually, about the story of Peter preaching, and he says he preaches the gospel, and then people come and get baptized. And if you'll recall, the week after uh, Pentecost, we celebrated baptism of two kids in our community. We, we have Branch and, and Bolt here, and then uh, we, we baptized them, and then we prayed for them to receive the Holy Spirit. And I was very moved by this, not least of all because one of the kids is my son, um, but also just because of, like, what it is, right? What it means to, to be baptized into Christ and into community. Uh, and, and I think that there's an opportunity when we do that, and we took that opportunity to really celebrate their commitment to Jesus Christ and also to just recommit ourselves to following Jesus. And so there, we went through a series of questions with the kids and, and their responses, and then we asked a, a, a series of questions to the, to the community to sort of recommit and re, reestablish our, our connections with God. And one of the questions we ask is, will you continue in the apostles' teaching and fellowship and the breaking of bread and in the prayers? And the answer that I think most of us replied will, was, uh, I will, with God's help. And that is taken directly from this passage of Scripture. And uh, though I mined this question out of the, out of the uh, Book of Common Prayer, you can really see the biblical roots in the passage we're about to read. But the apostles' teaching, right, that's going to be really the primacy of the scriptures. That's the, that's the, that's the Bible, right? Uh, the fe- fellowship, that's the community that we experience when we come together to worship Jesus and to encourage one another. The breaking of bread is a, is a reference to communion, right? Again, it's a, it's an, a connection of communion and worship uh, and in the prayers, right? Uh, that, that the church, one of the primary things we do is we come together to pray, And sometimes we sing as we pray. That's what worship songs are, right? Uh, And sometimes we just, you know, do it without music. Sometimes we pray for one another. Uh, Sometimes we pray with one voice uh, interceding to the Father. But let's just take a look at this passage in Acts, starting in verse 42. It says that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe. At the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles, all the believers were together, and they had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. And every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. And so I think there's a few observations that we can make about this passage of scripture. It's very dense. We could probably preach a whole sermon series on these few verses. But this radical community that we see happening, uh, we see that people have a high commitment to one another, right? We see that, uh, that this isn't the kind of thing where you can, you, you know, that this isn't the, the type of thing, this movement isn't the type of thing that's, uh, that's kind of dipping your toe in. Uh, so much. So we want to be a place where people can kind of see what's going on. We want to be a public meeting. We want to be a place where people can kind of check things out. Uh, that What we see in the New Testament is that these people were radically committed to each other. It was like, it was like chosen family, uh, that when you come into Jesus, you come into this community, you come into this family that's going to take care of you and share with you, uh, sharing resources, uh, uh, you know, meeting together in their homes, like this real tight-knit community that's that uh, seems radically uh, like a challenge to uh, what we might understand as American Christianity—that's comfortable um, and normal. We see lots of joy and enthusiasm. We see that there's there's people are full of—they're uh, really into this, right? You know, like you don't make those kind of high commitments to each other without like some sincere love for one another. We see a lot of uh, Holy Spirit activity, and just like people are really into it, right? They go for it. And then we see that really what I think is the most powerful, though, is that when we zoom out and look at the wider narrative, we see that the community forms in response to God's activity, right? So God does this thing in Jesus, right? Or, you know, and you could, depends, like, when do you want to start telling the story? In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, right? I mean, we could go back and see that this whole thing, there are things that God set up in motion thousands of years before this event took place, centuries ago uh, leading up to this moment when the Holy Spirit would come and, and the gospel would be preached in people's languages that they could understand and, and there's this miraculous thing that happens that only God could do and in response to what God is doing community is formed and people reach out and love to each other and connect with one another. And so, our first question for consideration today, as we discuss, is, what do you see God doing? What do you see God doing in this community? What, what do you notice is happening here in our midst? And uh, just friendly reminder, you know, if you are a little intimidated by this, it's like a uh, li- little, little too deep, little too quick. Uh, you don't have to answer. You can just say, "Hey, I'd rather just, I'd rather just listen today." That's fine. But I would encourage us to, to, to share, like, what do you see the Father doing? Jesus says he only does what he sees the Father doing. What do we see God doing in our community? So if you would, go ahead and get into groups of three. Please get into a group of three or less, because uh, otherwise it will take us too long to talk to each other, uh, and talk about this for a minute. And then we'll get going here in just a few minutes. So, um, hopefully everybody kind of got a chance to reply. I think I can get it from here, Anthony, if you want. You can, you can hang. I got the, the clickers, yeah. So, uh, I wonder, is anybody feeling brave enough? Might want to step up and share something that they see God doing in our community. I don't want to put the pressure on, but, um, yeah? You want to it a shot? Go for it, man.
1: Parsley? partially wanted to talk because I think all three of us kind of had similar things. Um, so feel, so I've been going here for like a decade-ish now, a little over a decade, and I see both what God's doing now and what God's been doing for the last decade. So like one of the things I commented on was I feel like, one, God's really investing in you, Josh, and like growing you tremendously, and you like I'm just, I don't know, I'm really proud of like you as a pastor. Um, but I also think about like The church meeting last week of like here's where we were in January we literally had no money and I think about how God's been faithful to us over the last however many years like how many other things were going on that God carried us through like just that faithfulness over time and then we talked a little bit about how like Gideon you know things kept getting cut back and cut back and cut back and yet we're still going and God's still investing and I started thinking about 10 years ago where we were we had a much bigger worship team we had like some things and yet I feel like we're in many respects healthier than we were Um, as largely as individuals like I just I know I'm healthier than I was 10 years ago I know I think a lot of other people would say the same thing so what do I see God doing I just see God being faithful to us he has been faithful to us he is being faithful to us he will continue to be and that's uh, that's pretty cool that's awesome man thanks for sharing
0: So, you know, one of the things that is important in this gathering is that we remain open to God, right? And that's the thing that we believe that that the Bible is the Word of God, right? We believe that the Holy Scriptures keep us on track. They keep us grounded in reality. And everything we do in this church, we really want to do under the authority of Scripture. That, if you will, we want to live like this, right? We want to have our minds transformed. We want all of our actions and everything that we do under the authority of the Word of God revealed in Scripture. But something that John Wimber used to say is he used to say that the the Bible is the menu, not the meal. Are you going to take a picture of me? Please go ahead. Let me pose. <laughs> there we go. That Just make sure it gets on the Facebook and and you sh- share and retweet, right? Okay, so, so one of the things that we want to do, though, is we recognize that this... This isn't Jesus, but this points us to Jesus. This lets us, this lets us understand who Jesus was and what he was like, and it helps us recognize Jesus when we experience him directly. When we see the Holy Spirit at work and when we see God at work, this, this keeps us on track, and this kind of lets us know what that's like and what that's not like, right? And so we really want to uh, experience God and experience God directly. We believe that happens, uh, and, and one way we do that is we wait on the Lord. And this is something that has a deep, deep roots and a strong tradition in Christianity that goes way back before the vineyard. Uh, and, and I think you can see it in this, this um, mosaic here of this guy, St. Apple. I don't even know who the guy is, honestly. I just ripped the, ripped the thing off the internet. But, uh, but he's, you know, he's standing like, like he's ready to receive prayer ministry, right? And this posture of prayer where we're kind of open to God. It's called the Orans, actually. That's, there's a name for this posture. It's called the Orons. And it and it's uh, it's a posture of prayer that before anybody prayed like this, or like this, uh, most people prayed like this. Kind of what, ready to receive. Ready, ready for God to do something. Ready kind of for like God to give them present. Sort of a receiving, open posture. And I think posture is important when we pray. Sometimes I like to get on my knees. Sometimes I like to get my face on the ground. Sometimes I like to beg and to lead and to, uh, or to celebrate or to surrender. Uh, you know, I think our posture is important when we approach prayer. But what we're trying to do today is just spend a few minutes, and I'm actually going to set a timer. And so, like, this would be a bad time to get up and get coffee while we're doing this because we don't want to be distracting uh, each other here. But we're going to just, we're actually going to sit in silence together just before the Lord. And just ask Jesus to come and speak to us, okay? Um, and so, what this what this is is just we're by choosing silence, we're creating room for God to speak. We're we're allowing the noise to stop, and for the Spirit of God to minister to us directly, and and for God to say something. And that might that might feel like some thoughts come to mind. Uh, maybe some emotions well up and you, you want to have a conversation with God about those. Um, but God speaks to us not in the, in the whirlwind, not in the fire, not in the, the tornado, not in the earthquake, but in the still small voice. And if we read this book, we know what that voice is like. We know his character. We know the kind of things that he says to us. They're not always things that make us comfortable, but they're always true and they're always good. Um, they're they're going to push us towards kindness. They're going to push us towards, towards gentleness, towards care for one another, towards building one another up, and towards receiving all of those things from God. Uh, this, there's a strong tradition for this. You know, the most direct connection for us is the Quaker heritage that the vineyard has. You know, John Wimber was part of a Quaker church before, uh, before the vineyard was the vineyard. And, and, you know, Quakers get their name from they quaked under the power of the Holy Spirit, Right. But they also have this tradition of waiting in silence before the Lord. And then from that place, then they get up and preach. It's really kind of radical. It's really radical how flat their leadership structure is. There's basically no leadership structure, which is why on the East Coast, Quaker churches tend to be kind of more Unitarian, like maybe not even Christianity anymore. Uh, And in other areas, they can be super evangelical. Uh, You know, it it can be all over the place. Uh, Monastic expressions, you know, many monks will take a vow of silence. Just take a whole day to try to not say anything, but just listen to the voice of God. Uh, And it's becoming cool again in Protestant circles to to practice on this. Jesus often withdrew to lonely places. There's a bunch of verses like that in the New Testament where we go alone to get with God, the way that Moses went up to the mountaintop. And so what I'm going to do is uh, I'm going to pull my cell phone out here. This is something anybody can do. I'm going to set my stopwatch for... We're going to try and go, hold on, not the stopwatch, we want the timer, two minutes. And uh, what I'll do here is I'll just, I'll just welcome the Holy Spirit, and I encourage you to get kind of comfortable, and I want to give you permission, you know, if, if the thing that happens right now is you fall asleep, praise the Lord, okay? You know, like, your body needs rest, you were, you were designed for rest, that's, that's okay, there's no shame in that, okay? And yes, I did just give you permission to fall asleep in church. All right, but we're just going to take two minutes and wait in silence before the Lord. And I want us to just ask, Father, what are you doing in me? That's what I want us to ask, okay? So Holy Spirit, I ask that you would come. In the name of Jesus, I ask that we could hear your voice. We know your voice. You're a good shepherd and we trust you, and we want to follow you, Jesus. So Lord, I ask that you would speak clearly to us. Father, show us the good thing that you were doing here. I'll go ahead and start my timer. let just take a few deep breaths and kind of come back to it. Come back to us. And so, I just want to talk about this. <sighs> if you feel comfortable sharing, um, would you just find your group of three, maybe that same group you were in before and just talk about how do you want to respond to what God is doing. Maybe if you feel comfortable, share what God said to you. And then talk about how you want to respond to that. And, um, We'll just talk for a few minutes. Yeah. Uh, no? Okay. That's fine. Alright, so um, now is the time to take to pray for each other. And uh, we'll just do that kind of in our groups since we're already kind of talking. Uh, my guess is that there have probably been some things that are brought up that, um, that God is doing and that you want to respond to. Um and so this is the time to do that. So uh, we tr- um, we'll spend some music here in a minute. Um, just in addition to maybe some of the things that you felt like God was bringing up, um, I just wanted to share what I think is a word for me uh, and a word for our church, which is that I think God is just inviting us into enjoying him more. And that as we enjoy him, then he'll... He'll be able to speak to us. He'll be able to change us. He'll be able to renew our hearts. And he'll be able to do things that we could never do, that we could never do, um, but that only God can do. And so I just want to encourage you that if, you, um, if you've if you been feeling like maybe, man, I'm just so broken, or man, I'm so frustrated with this thing at church, or I'm so frustrated with yada, yada, that that you know it's it's okay to bring those frustrations to Jesus and to be honest with about those and there are problems in our life to solve but the solution to those problems comes from a heart of gratitude the solution to those things comes from seeing what the father is doing and saying god thank you thank you for that and that's where we want to live and that's how we want to do church And that's what we want to be about. So let me just pray for us real quick, and then we can pray for each other, and then we'll call it a day. So Lord, I just ask that your presence would continue to be thick among us. Lord, would you give us eyes to see that we could respond to what you are doing? Let us not be focused on the sacrifices that we have made for you, but on the sacrifice that you have made for us and on what you have done for us and on how good you are and, and on what we have received from you, not what it has cost us personally. There's no comparison there. So Lord, I ask that you would speak to us more. Thank you for speaking to us already. God, would you just inform this time of prayer ask for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So try to pray for at least, uh, try to either receive prayer or um, pray for somebody else, yourself, in uh, all your groups, and then don't leave kids upstairs forever. Okay, that's it. (laughs) Have a good day.